Nelson Velasquez showed some big-time power last year, but is it sustainable? We're going to talk about it next on Locked on Royals. You are Locked on Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Jack Johnson, and you can give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. It's also very easy to find us on wherever you get your podcast. That can be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. We're also on YouTube. And now just five subscribers away from 1,000, which was our goal before opening day, but this is the first day pitchers and catchers have reported. So we still got all of spring training to go, all of February, all of March, and we're about to reach that goal. So maybe I'll set a new goal before opening day, but see if you're the 1,000 subscriber. Should be pretty fun if you are, because we've had this goal for quite some time. If you're a first-time listener, of course, welcome in. We always love new listeners here on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you want to know a little bit more about me, I work in sports here in Kansas City at Sports Radio 810. WHB. I've got a show once a week there during the nighttime. In fact, after this podcast, I'm going to be running over to the studio to host the show 7 to 10 p.m. So if you want to hear my thoughts on the Chiefs, KUK State, Missouri, local teams there, and a little bit of Kansas City Royals talk there, of course, with the stadium talks coming out today, uh, you can check me out over there later on tonight. I also have a show every single morning on ESPN Kansas City, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. But you know, when you click on this podcast link, you're getting 30 straight minutes of Royals baseball. And a reminder that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel and eBay Motors. Very proud sponsors, and we always love giving them shout-outs to open up our show and throughout our show because we couldn't get this done if it wasn't for their help. And another reminder that this coming weekend, I will be down in Surprise, Arizona, right before the full squad workout on Monday I'll be there from Saturday through Wednesday. So follow me on this podcast account over on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter or X, and I'll be sure to give you the best possible hard-hitting content over those four to five days or so. Should be a lot of fun, excited for the weather, and excited to see the Kansas City Royals back in action. Yes, I know it's just playing catch, seeing some drills, seeing batting practice, but baseball is right around the corner, and that should make everybody excited. Now the Super Bowl is over. There's college basketball in this little gap, but we know we are just weeks away from the start of Major League Baseball. And if you're a baseball fan, which I'm sure the majority of the listeners here are baseball fans, you're pretty stoked about that. Well, to kick off the show today, I felt it was time to address kind of player by player. Um, I feel with the starting lineup, I'm fairly confident who it's going to be. Uh, the rotation, fairly confident who it's going to be. And I can't wait to see uh, what some of these guys look like in person to begin the year. So I'll probably have a better assessment as to how those guys look. Right now, I'm more so going off last season. And that's what I'm more so excited about in the coming podcast episodes is that we're kind of wrapping up talking about 2023. Now, it sounds crazy because the season ended months ago, but that's all we have to go off of, right? We only have... 2023 numbers until we get some spring numbers and some 2024 numbers that's all we can go off of but I kind of stumbled across today 
some interesting totals on Nelson Velasquez. Now, I'm going to be completely candid that he is somebody that I'm not putting all my chips in just yet because I believe surges like he had are certainly not sustainable. Okay, we opened up the show with a question. Is it sustainable? Not the pace he was on. I don't believe Nelson Velasquez is a 60 home run type of hitter. But I do think there's a 30 home run hitter in there. And I remember I was asked about this very early on in the acquisition of Velasquez. And I actually had the double take when the Royals got Velasquez because I remember him and his big time grand slam earlier in the year against, I think it was Washington maybe, or it was Pittsburgh. Can't really remember. Sorry about that. But it was when he was on the Cubs. And Wrigley Field was sold out. It was Sunday night baseball. And he just rocked a grand slam to left center field. And I was like, this guy has some legitimate pop. And then when the Royals acquired him for Jose Quas, who had been just disastrous in the last couple weeks, I thought that's a good gamble. A 24-year-old that's got immense power. I just never thought it would translate into what we saw. What you always want to look for, though, in players like this, and why I believe the Royals saw 30 games from him and said he's our opening day starter. Think about that. Designated hitter is a very complicated role. You have to hit to be valuable. You don't have defense to fall back on. It's like with Kyle Isbell and Michael Massey, two guys that have not hit well enough offensively, but their defense is so damn good that you're willing to keep them in the lineup. If Velasquez can't hit, he won't play. Okay, that's kind of the the problem with being a DH and why a lot of DHs like to play the field because if they're struggling, there's something to fall back on. But this is a guy who's never played every day at the big league level. Uh, he's not really played in true meaningful late uh, game seasons, if that makes sense. I'm more so meaning you know playoff races deep into September. He hasn't gotten there yet. In fact, the majority of the Royals have not gotten there yet. But what the Royals saw and took a chance on is some of those advanced numbers. And that's what I've loved so much about this front office and their player development and finding these guys. I mean, the fact that you've got Cole Reagans and Nelson Velasquez, who you flip for two bullpen arms, it almost makes you rip your hair out that the Royals had a chance to trade Barlow earlier in his prime. And you just wish that it would have happened with this front office, with some of these new minds and, and finding talent like that. I mean, Cole Reagans, by every preseason metric I've seen, is a top 30 pitcher. When was the last time you saw the Royals have a top 30 pitcher? He wasn't even on the team or in a rotation last year. With Velasquez, some of these numbers, it's a small sample size, but it's not nothing, right? So I'm going into to fan graphs and baseball savant, you know, the, the stats that every common baseball fan goes to to look up some advanced numbers. But I was kind of blown away where he ranked in some. Uh, there are two players that had a barrel percentage last year of 20 or more, 20% or more. There were two hitters. And that was Aaron Judge and Nelson Velasquez. Okay, so even with the small sample size, you're looking at a guy that barreled 20% of the balls he connected with. That, to me, sticks out. Another one that stuck out, if you like this stat or not, is isolated power. ISO, as you'll see it sometimes. I-S-O. It's not everything, but it's something. And so I knew Nelson Velasquez didn't really have the 162-game the sample size. He didn't play a lot. Like he only played in 53 games, I believe it was. But Nelson Velasquez 
was number one in baseball. Minimum 100 plate appearances last year. So this is anybody that had at least 100 plate appearances had the highest ISO, the most raw power of anybody in the league. That includes Judge. That includes Otani, Jorge Soler, Matt Olson. Now, let me backtrack. Those guys had more at-bats. Therefore, the ISO is going to drop a little bit. But what I also want to say is that streak that we saw was so ridiculous that even though it's not sustainable, it is worth mentioning. It is worth noting. He has legitimate and unreal power that can stay at that position. Okay, I remember I was asked uh, way, way back, and Jorge Soler coming from Chicago, being traded to Kansas City, the comparison was going to be made. Is Nelson Velasquez, Jorge Soler. You have two guys. They're Latin players. They've got a lot of power. They're big dudes, right? And Nelson Velasquez starts cranking balls 440 feet from home plate. Well, I kind of scoffed at it in the beginning because I'm like, there's no way Nelson Velasquez, Jorge Soler, just because he's Latin and he came from Chicago in a trade with the Royals doesn't make him the same player. But I went back today and compared the numbers from Jorge Soler at age 24 to Nelson Velasquez at age 24. Now, here's the difference. Jorge Soler debuted at 22. So he was already getting reps in. He had played in the postseason. But his age 24 season was dominated by Nelson Velasquez's age 24 season. Velasquez had more home runs. Velasquez had a higher ISO, had a higher WRC+. Now, across the board, I looked at it and said, should that impress me or make me pump the brakes a little bit, right? Because Soler, who had more plate appearances, more games, more postseason experience, didn't have that fantastic of an age 24 season, but Velasquez did. Now, I'm not naive. I know there's now more of a book on Nelson Velasquez. They know how to throw it in a little bit more. Where in the beginning it was, we don't know what this guy's got. Here's a slider over the middle plate. Here's a fastball to challenge you. And he crushed fastballs. Absolutely demolished them. And that's going to be the book on him. But all I'm saying is that numbers like that perk you up a little bit. And you go, maybe it's not as risky as we think. Maybe this is a bat the Royals saw and envisioned being their future DH. I mean, I think the bar right now for him is 20 home runs. You hit 20 home runs this year, the DH spot, WRC plus, just have it above league average. Have it over 100, OPS plus over 100. If your walk rate can get to 8, 9, 10%, all the better. Because that is one thing in his game that he lacks. He doesn't walk enough to be a DH. But the power's there. It's immense raw power. Small sample size, that's important to point out here. But folks, th this is a guy that, yes, really burst onto the scene and had a, a very unsustainable run. But runs like that don't just happen to bad players. I know Aristides Aquino comes up to mind of the Reds a couple years back. I think Velasquez is a much better hitter than Aquino ever was. I think this is a guy that can run into 20, 25, 30 home runs if he can play an entire year. Got to improve the approach a little bit, but those are some advanced numbers on Nelson Velasquez, and which is why I think he could be one of those breakout players. Do I think he needs to start hot? Not really. Just don't bottom out. But I think he can be one of the most feared hitters in this lineup, assuming those numbers can just be 70% of what they were. Really impressive stuff. 
Can't wait to see him this coming week. Okay, we're going to take our first break of the show. When we come back, I'm going to bring up a problem with this team. We've been very optimistic about the Royals this offseason, but I am going to point out one problem that I see and where it could go wrong for the Royals in 2024. That's next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter or X at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 1-5. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to one of the title sponsors today in eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. It's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, you have heard for the majority of this offseason positivity, good things about this ball club. And I would say that that's the approach I'm going to take until they give me reason not to. Uh, if this team opens up April at 5-16, and 16, there will be some negative episodes. But I'm also a big believer in don't be negative unless you're given a reason. Okay, if they start losing, if things start going in the opposite direction, then okay, you can spread some negativity. But for those fans that want to say, oh, they didn't do enough, they're always going to disappoint me, they're going to lose 100 games, be my guest. I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to watch this team, how to enjoy this team, if anger, if negativity is the thing that is going to fuel you. I've, I'll be negative from time to time, absolutely. But when given reason, the team's losing a lot, that would be negative. But I do think it's also the right thing to do and say that it's not all sunshine and rainbows. At the end of the day, this team is coming off 106 losses, and it's likely they do not make the postseason. The hope is they are competitive from March to September. That is the hope. You give your team a chance to compete for the American League Central title by September. If you are out of it by April, I can't defend it. I absolutely cannot. And there are more than one problem. There are multiple problems with this team. I think at the end of the day, this is a team that is still banking on guys to prove they're everyday ball players. They need Kyle Isbell to prove he's an everyday ball player. MJ Melendez, Michael Massey. Uh, they need to have somebody like Hunter Renfro bounce back. Vinny Pasquantino has to stay healthy. Michael Garcia has to make sure he builds off last year. I mean, the only guy you can say with confidence that is going to be A-OK, going to be a star is Bobby Wood Jr. The other guys are good players, but they still need to prove that they can be great players. And that is something I'm going to be monitoring all spring and early on in the regular season. What I am a little bit concerned about, um, I'm actually not overly worried about the depth right now. Um, I like the fact that you have Adam Frazier as a backup option. I don't think Garrett Hampson's a bad backup option. I think Dyrone Blanco would be a good backup option as a fourth outfielder. I'm not overly concerned by it. I'm really not. 
And when I have a level of expectation, I think it's natural to still say, okay, here is where things can fall apart. Um, I am slightly, slightly worried about the middle portion of the bullpen. I think that is an area with this team, though very specific, it's important. Honestly, the back end of the bullpen feels pretty good right now. I mean, Will Smith has closed a lot of games in his big league career. Um, I think he's going to be fine in that spot early on. I think Chris Stratton has, you know, the ability to pitch in the fifth or in the eighth inning. He's kind of that fireman, if you will. Nick Anderson has great stuff. If he can stay healthy. I'm more so looking to, yeah, I believe in John McMillan. I believe in Carlos Hernandez. I believe, I believe in James MacArthur. It's also a lot of, man, they do have to live up to the hype now. MacArthur has to. You know, John McMillan has to. Hernandez has to bounce back. You know, with that last spot goes to Jake Brents, then you got Brents and Matt Sauer. So the middle portion there, not so much the back half, the middle portion, which is going to need to be effective if this team is going to have a chance September. Some guys really have to take that next step. I think it's possible. I, I think James MacArthur is a safe bet. I think that John McMillan can be a safe bet. Carlos Hernandez has to show that second half was a fluke. Matt Sauer has to win this job out of camp. You know, the, the final spot in the bullpen, Brents has to prove he can still pitch at a 2021 level. Josh Taylor has to prove he can still pitch at a 2021 level. You know, Daniel Lynch has to prove he can still be a bullpen guy or Anthony Veneziano, whatever lefty you want to pick there. Like, they're, they raise the floor of the bullpen. I also am fully aware that for this team to be a playoff team, which is what everybody wants, that bullpen has to ascend to a different level. Uh, they can't have the same version of a, a full course season that Carlos Hernandez gave you. You know, they can't have John McMillan ending up on the injured list time and time again. And that kind of feeds into the problem here. If somebody goes down, like a Will Smith or a Chris Stratton or a Nick Anderson, there's not a lot of reinforcements uh, down in the minor league level. Some minor league deal guys, you know, Tyler Duffy might have a chance to break camp with the team. I think he has maybe a 50-50 a shot right now. He could win that final spot for all I know. Uh, you have Sam Long, who was with Oakland, a left-handed pitcher there, pretty good curveball. Uh, you have somebody like Dan Altavia, who at one point in time had really electric stuff for Seattle and San Diego. There just isn't that next guy waiting. Maybe a Will Klein, you know, flamethrower, but he's still got to harness that fastball a little bit. My concern does still fall at the bullpen. As happy as I am, that it is overhauled a bit. It feels better when you can identify a lot of bullpen options. You know, if you go into spring and it's, you know, 15 guys that are competing for seven or eight spots. Right now, I think there's about 10 guys competing for eight spots. So it feels very sad at the major league level. But you know with the bullpen, injuries happen. Injuries happen all the time. And that can make or break this team. It absolutely can make or break this team early on in the year. If the bullpen... Is not good early on in the year. That is going to dictate whether they bought him out in April or they don't. If they have a serviceable bullpen in April, you can expect them to build on that confidence in May, in June, in July. If they bought him out with cold weather, that's another factor here. It's cold. The bullpen should be able to take advantage when you're throwing 97, 98, 99. You know, you're busting fastballs in on the on the hands. You know, breaking bats, that should play to your advantage. 
I just think that as optimistic I am about this bullpen, McMillan, Hernandez, MacArthur, Sauer, you know, Brents, Taylor, if they were to get the spot, Lynch, Veneziano, feel good there. I mean, I feel good about the other three free agents they brought in, or I guess Nick Anderson was a trade. I just am a little bit concerned. What if one of them doesn't live up to that hype? One of them does get hurt. Who can you turn to? Some of these guys that we're putting stock in, they have to show they are more than just big league relievers. They're going to be above average big league relievers. It's clear the Royals believe they can be, but they got to show us at the end of the day. Okay, before we move on to our final segment, I want to give a shout out to Locked On Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire. And if you're wondering about my opinions on the stadium talk, you can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyGenderscore15. But we're also going to have a segment dedicated to that tomorrow. And since I didn't give you an episode yesterday, that was due to some internet problems. I apologize on my end. Also been very busy over the last two weeks and trying to gear up for surprise. Uh, we are going to have a show on Saturday, actually before I get on my flight, ahead to surprise. So not to worry, five episodes still coming your way on the Lockdown Podcast Network. For our final segment, I'm going to go over Annie Rogers' opening day projection. And funny enough, it's the exact same one that I had. That's coming up on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to the other title sponsor today in FanDuel. Now get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. And if you won some money... Over the Super Bowl, I know I did. I had about five prop bets that all cashed in. And I felt good about it. Because football with prop bets, a little bit of my niche. You've heard me say niche before. And getting better at sports betting. Of course, if it's legal in your area. But if you are betting on the Super Bowl and you want to continue that trend, try out NBA a little bit. There are fun same-game parlays. There's fun prop bets. If you just want to bet on who will win, not get too complicated, That's fine, too. Don't just throw money away. Have the right picks. Listen to the expert. And when we get to Major League Baseball season, I'll be trying to give you my best advice for sleeper picks and fan duel. It's going to be a blast. So if you want some money, I'm sure you're running on the high of that. Try it out with some NBA games over at FanDuel. So after this podcast episode, go and create your account today. Well, Annie Rogers, beat reporter for MLB.com that covers the Kansas City Royals, does a fantastic job, has tons of great insight. Uh, I'm sure she'll be down in Surprise, Arizona for an extended period of time. She just recently gave her opening day roster projection. And funny enough, I'm not just saying this. I feel like I did have a podcast episode of my opening day roster projection. I had the exact same 26-man roster. And I don't need to go top to bottom. You know, for the most part, uh, who's all going to be there? Um, you know that Bobby Wood Jr. is going to be at short. Garcia's at third. Massey at second. Pasquantino at first. Perez catching. You have Melendez in left. Isbell in center. Renfro in right. You know the bench players. At least majority of them. 
who's going to be there. I don't have Nick Lofton on the 26-man roster. I don't have Drew Waters on the 26-man roster. Neither does Annie Rogers. She has Dyron Blanco, which I think makes a lot of sense. And we've discussed this on the podcast episode before, that with your fourth outfielder, you don't want the highest upside guy, the what-if guy. You don't want that. Fourth outfielders are supposed to be your sure-handed guys. Hey, you know what they're going to give you. You're not going to be surprised by what they give you. It's why Gerard Dyson was so effective in Kansas City as a fourth outfielder. He had speed. He was great defensively. Okay, would you rather have a guy that, yeah, he may only hit 250. He may only get on base 30% of the time. But let me tell you this, he's going to change games on the base path. He's going to be elite defensively. He's not that guy of, wow, he could be great as a 30 home run guy, a 25 home run guy. He's got all the tools, but he never puts it together. That's that's not going to happen when you play once or twice a week, if that. To me, Dyron Blanco is a safe bet. Okay, he's more of a game changer on the base path than Drew Waters is. Defensively, I think Waters has him beaten slightly, but not enough for him to win the job. And then at the plate, I think I'd roll with Blanco. I think there is a less, less of a chance for Blanco to really hurt you at the plate than Drew Waters does. I like Drew Waters. I think Drew Waters needs every day at bats in AAA to begin the year. I also believe Drew Waters can still be a starter on this team. Not from the get-go, at some point in the season. Remember last year, he got signed by the oblique injury. That set him back. That is always going to set back players immensely. It's going to set him back more than you really think it does. And Dyron Blanco may go into spring and bomb. And then Drew Waters wins that job. But right now, I think Blanco does enough on the base path. A late-game pinch runner can be used in a situation where he needs to lay down a bunt. You know he was fantastic at the suicide squeeze, the safety squeeze. Those are little elements to a player that feel important for a fourth outfielder. And he's not a liability defensively. That's why Ed Rolovaris could never be a fourth outfielder. He was so damn bad defensively, you couldn't trust him out there. In other words, he could surprise you with his plays out there and not in a good way. You don't want to be surprised with your fourth outfielder. You want to know what you're getting because if he's only playing once a day, hey, you're hoping the guy that plays in front of him, the starter, they can surprise you in a good way. The fourth outfielder, just don't screw up, play good defense, find a way to change the game once over a nine-inning frame. Or a nine-inning game, I should I should say. So to me, I think Blanco's got the edge on Waters. I think the Royals look at it and say, who needs everyday bats in Omaha? 30-year-old Dyron Blanco or mid-20-year-old Drew Waters? I think it's pretty self-explanatory at that point. The other controversial, I guess you could say, pick, which... It's not so much controversial. It's just what your opinion may be. Annie Rogers has Jake Brents winning the final spot in the bullpen. And I firmly believe at this point, the bullpen has about six guys that are locked in, six or seven guys. The one remaining spot is going to go to a lefty unless they are to sign somebody in free agency, which could happen in spring training. You can always see guys pick players up off waivers. Um, You can see guys that are late free agent acquisitions. There are still tons of guys out there that are available. I've always believed, though, Jake Brents getting a two-year deal, still being on this roster, not being a 40-man roster casualty in the way that some other guys around uh, the roster were, the Royals want him to win the job. That's why he was my pick. Okay, Jake Brents hasn't pitched effectively in two years, three years now, actually. 
He was great in 2021, barely pitched in 22, didn't pitch at all in 23. Now he's got his chance. The Royals could have said he's not healthy enough. He's also no spring chicken. He's not 23 or 24, but he's got upside. He's got a very hard fastball with a wipeout slider and a changeup you can pair with it. If you got the 21 version of Jake Brents, which is slim coming off injury, but it's something to, to key in on in spring training. It absolutely is going to be one of my main storylines going into surprise this weekend. If I get a chance to catch a bullpen from Jake Brents, I want to see what he's running it up, how good it looks. Because you know, injury concern is going to be a problem. But the Royals had every opportunity to say, not healthy enough. We're going to keep other guys over you. I mean, they DFA'd Max Castillo, who was much younger and had pitched more recently. They DFA'd Colin Snyder. They traded away Jackson Coar. They let Jonathan Heasley go. There were guys they cleared over him. Same can be said about Josh Taylor. Now, Josh Taylor was effective in 21. Didn't pitch in 22, really. And then in 2023, barely pitched for the Royals, but wasn't good. But he's a lefty with a power sinker. Brents has a power fastball. I think it comes down to those two. Or if you want to throw Daniel Lynch in there, I could all see the Royals saying, hey, Daniel Lynch is going to have a spot in the rotation eventually. We want him starting every fifth day. He can do that down in Omaha. That, that can be the better route there. And maybe you get a little bit of an upgrade in the bullpen because Daniel Lynch has never been a bullpen pitcher. So Annie Rogers agrees with what I had for the opening day roster. I know she probably didn't look at my opening day roster projection, but I agree with her is what I should say. Uh, I had no other changes. That is the exact group I had for the 26-man roster. And if you've got your project projections, let us know in the YouTube comments below or let me know on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. But that is going to do it for another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to follow me on Twitter or X at JohnnyJ underscore 15. Before we say goodbye, one last shout out to Locked On Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. Well, tomorrow we are going to give some more thoughts on the downtown stadium, and I'm going to break down another player that I think has some upside we're not talking about enough. But until then, you take it easy, Kansas City.